Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. We are back with another episode of the Talk On Podcast after a gutting loss at Old Trafford. The Reds fell two goals to one against Man U and see themselves fall to fourth place after a Tottenham victory against Bournemouth. If you haven't already heard the instant match reaction, you got to go check it out at our Twitter handle, TalkOnFP. It's uh, Vinyl and Painter in the pub in New York right after to give their instant match reaction. You know, shoot the shit, obviously. Just get get the opinion of some guys who, who just fresh off the minds, just talking right about it. Um, so you can definitely check that out at footballpierce.com or at TalkOnFP. Here with me tonight to go ahead and talk about that game as well as give our seed index ratings and look forward to the Watford match at Anfield. I have Jeff Hallett. Jeff, how's it going? It's going about as well as you'd expect. So just delighted to be back and talking about this match. Yeah. Yeah. Going to finally some uh, negativity around. It's, it's been, been too, too long. long. We, we, we've been on too much of a no negativity break. So here right. we go. Yeah, here it comes back. And then we also have nephew of Craig Johnston, Anthony Johnston, a.k.a. Conga. Kanga. That's yeah. what we're rolling with now from now on. So Anthony, we're just we're gonna roll with Kanga. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Two weeks in a row, man. How you doing? Yeah, dude. Um I mean it's good to speak to you, but um yeah. Just uh just just not too happy, are we? No, obviously not. And uh it's just you obviously hate losing to the Manx. That's just oh, fuck. it doesn't matter how it happens, it just doesn't matter if it's at <clears throat> old Trafford, it's just the fucking worst. So that's right. We'll go ahead and get into that, but just before we do, we have Jeffrey, and Jeffrey is here. He's got some news for everybody, so let's go ahead and hand it over to Jeff and get into Hallett's Headlines. Mm. Hallett's Headlines. Lay it on us. It's becoming a brand. I love it. Uh, so the three key headlines for the week that you should know as a Liverpool supporter or fan of any Premier League team. So first, and it's become obvious at this point, um, Southampton just a point away from relegation, headed that direction likely. Southampton fired formerly Mauricio Pellegrino, and that ends a tenure that lasts all of nine months and a checkered past of managers leading up to that point. So what do we think? Yeah, it's crazy to see how far they've fallen this season. I mean, you never you don't really associate them, at least in recent history, with being that far down the table. And, you know, I guess it just kind of shows you that his time at City uh you know, with with money and good players, you know, you don't have to be the best manager ever to be able to uh, succeed with that talent. You know, he goes to Southampton, and what? Who who knows if it was he's just you know he he is a bit older um, in terms of managerial years. Um, so you don't know if it's just the passion's not there or what it is. Maybe it was just a paycheck for him. But crazy that you know that they're actually in the position that they are right now because you know especially with Liverpool buying all these Southampton players. <laughs> We kind of associate with themselves as being a, a pretty solid, you know, mid-table team pushing for a, a you know, a top eight spot. Yeah, well, I, I, see, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I mean, uh, well, there's only eight games left of the season. Um, what what are they going to do? Who are they going to bring in? I, I, I've heard Mark Hughes, maybe. I, I, I don't know. Like, what? you've got eight games left. Well, why not just see it out if you're going to get relegated? You get relegated. I, I think the disharmony now in the club, it's not going to help anyone. 
if anything, it's going to make things worse because they've got, what, eight, eight games left to find someone to come in and rescue them. No, I don't think so, mate. Leave Mark Hughes out of a job for as long as possible. <laughs> I don't want to see any... I don't want to see any of that football potentially play, played in the Premier League at all. <laughs> don't want any Mark Hughes football back in. So You've got Claude Puel and Kuman. Like, who is the best manager in the last, say, year and a half? You'd have to say. Oh, Harry Redknapp will come in and say. <laughs> <laughs> but all, all this chopping and changing between different managers within season, in this case, not to mention the massive sell-off of every important player. So scouting the transfers in spent all that money that liverpool have inevitably given them with money and all you know the high roster players like how have they spent it not well right that's exactly that though and the hope is for them they're like all right well we can't we cannot get relegated we need this tv money deal uh for next season so right now it's kind of like all right well obviously we're not playing for much in terms of any spot in the Premier League except for the fight for relegation and they're kind of like just desperate right now you bring in a guy who you might not see long term but can provide any type of spark whatsoever to the talent that they have because they have enough talent you know yes they have sold off a lot of their better players over the recent years but they have enough talent to be able to stay in the Premier League right now and that I think that's just what they're hoping for the owners are just like let's give it one last push any manager in to maybe give us just you know they probably need two wins maybe three probably three wins to get themselves hopefully you know staying in the premier league so but they're in the quarterfinals of the fa cup i mean yeah and sometimes you just think those cup runs i mean those can kind of be lucky you you would think that his time you know through the league spell is a is a different sample size maybe a better sample size to where maybe the players just don't get up enough in terms of a competition because you know it's sort of a one and Mm. done at every stage um but like, you never know. I mean, I'm but very he's, a, he's a solid manager. Because, um, I mean, to, to get to a quarterfinals of, of an FA Cup for a club, you know, that is in the relegation zone. And well, they're playing against Wigan, a League One side in the quarterfinals. Tell me they're not safe enough to play a semi final in the FA Cup. That's Wembley. Yeah. Oh, oh, what, they've already gotten rid of the manager. I mean, I, I don't get that. For, for me, for, for a club that's that low in the league, surely you'd be concentrating on, on winning cups and. And they've, they, he's gotten them that far. I, I, I really don't understand what they've done there. But anyways. Yeah, it's the merry-go-round yeah, of managers. It's been the bad transfers in, mm. uncertain club ownership. I think there's been fights even about ownership in the summer mm. as Liverpool were gilding up to bring Van Dijk in. It's just a mess top to bottom. Mm. That's all you can say about it. Well, there you go. Not our problem. <laughs> So with that, moving on to the next headline, uh, this will be a, you know, as Firmino plays a false nine, this will be a false headline. So Oliver Bond of the Anfield HQ, infamously at this point, announced on Friday going into the match that Roberto Firmino has agreed to a new contract at Liverpool, which ain't true. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, that's good. Thank, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those clicks. Gotta love those retweets. Got 7,000 or so of them. It's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, not really much to say on that other than they need to sign him. <laughs> Yeah, I saw it right away, and I was just like, oh, I'm waiting for some other sources to come out with anything over the next day or two. And once once it gets, you know, you find out pretty quickly what's true and what's false. And obviously, that's that's one where you don't want to freak out too much at the beginning, because if that were in fact true, then you you ride with it and everybody's really happy, especially with the season he's had. I think he's finally turned that last maybe 
quarter of fans, you know, even potentially before before last season, before the beginning of last season, I'd say there was only about 25 to 50 percent of fans that were all in on the Firmino train. I think most of us were. But I don't think it was until last season where it slowly started to catch on, where people were noticing how good of a footballer he was, even Liverpool fans themselves. And then this year, I think he's taken a, a huge step and a lot of people, uh, a lot of neutral fans, a lot of just casual football fans have, have taken notice of Roberto Firmino, what he can do, uh, his all-around just general beautiful play. And Liverpool fans have, I think, the final, you know, last little bit of fans over the past maybe 15 games or so have really all locked in and realized that this guy is our future and he is our number nine and he's producing this year. And, you know, if the, the hope is is that that becomes true because there, there's been a lot of chatter over the past couple of months about hopefully something like that happening. And if it does, I, I don't think there's going to be anyone that's upset with it no matter how much he gets paid. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if a contract has been offered and he just this has decided not to sign it yet. Because, um, I mean, he's playing the World Cup. We're going to get that stock price to go up, if anything, if they do want to get rid of him in the end. I obviously don't want him to go, but... Um, if we were to sell him, it would be after the World Cup because Brazil will obviously do well, and so will he. So there's that to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, I said, I think it was it was a pod with uh, Jimmy, I think, when we had briefly mentioned the Brazil squad with uh, Bobby Firmino. It was months ago, and I said, I st- no matter if Gabriel Jesus was starting for them, I still felt like Firmino had a big part to play in their World Cup, mm. and I still truly believe that. I still do believe that somewhere along the line, you know, if they make it far into the competition, he is going to play a huge part. And I think even Chite came out and said that he was, go- you know, he could potentially be playing two up top now. Um, I-, I think his mind's been changed with the way that Firmino's been playing this season because you-, you can't really take. Uh, Jesus out of the squad because of his pure finishing ability um, but I think he's noticed now with the, the way that Bobby's been playing you know maybe he could go two up top and and I just think Firmino is, is absolute class and he's going to perform in this World Cup with Brazil mm-hmm. I agree well all of this has been window dressing to get to the final headline that I think everybody's talking about and we should talk about it here on Talk On this is all part of the fun in the last eight since March 2014, Liverpool have gone three draw and five losses with United. That's the last series. It's just yeah. bloody awful. And as if it's not hard enough to watch it on the pitch or TV, as it were, at the pub, we have to watch and observe all of the fans afterwards, you know, in that kind of misery, losing your bitter, bitter rival, drawing your bitter rival. It's like kissing your sister when we're lucky enough to even do that. But the performance of the weekend, bad. We'll get into it. But Jamie Carragher, <laughs> here comes Jamie. So Jamie, in the response to, as he tells the story, two or three that were giving him a go, finally gives in to a father. I mean, you got to love this. Father with his 14-year-old daughter gives in to them and spits. And oh, he didn't just spit, he sprayed. Yeah, he spit spray. Oh, yeah, fair. that was a solid loon. That, that was the end. That was a solid loon, right? Uh, <laughs> Sky Sports have officially suspended him. Mm. I, I would imagine it's a suspension awaiting dismissal, but wow. Um, and, and fair enough, I say. <laughs> I say, I, I, I mean, that, uh, that's really disappointing because uh, I've, I've already seen so many people, you know, defending him already, you know, with the whole 
oh, you know, Liverpool, you know, we love him, blah, blah. No, and that's fine. But it's it's unacceptable, especially for someone who's in the public eye all the time. Someone who's on telly and someone who's, for some people, you, you know, a role model. You can't be doing stuff like spitting on 14-year-old girls. <laughs> it's it's going to, you know. <laughs> uh, no, you Jan- definitely cannot be doing that. Yeah, fuck me. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you, you might be able to if you're oh. Anthony Kanga. <laughs> but when you're Jamie effing Carragher, probably not. Anybody in front of a camera probably can't. <laughs> Including him when he was a player, uh, and and like the, the only problem I have is like, like I said, all Liverpool supporters, you know, trying to defend him. Could you imagine if it was Gary Neville that did it? Could you imagine the outburst? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> well, that's because everyone hates uh, Gary Neville. But anyways, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, listen, there's there's no excuse for it. There's no like, there's no backing this up whatsoever. I mean, the guy just took. A note out of Jack's book in Titanic and just really let one go there for some distance. And it was like right into the window. It was a, it was a good shot. Like, let's be <laughs> honest here. It was, it was, a, it was a, a solid loogie right outside. This is your positive um, seat index? Yeah, this, this could be my positive seat index is his <laughs> loogie aim. But, I mean, l- listen, it, you, you can't be doing that. And when you find out it's like, you know, a 14-year-old girl, that's just – that's next level shit. That just, that just shows you that Carragher – is just as big of a fan as he was a player exactly. for the club. Like he just was so angry, so angry after a loss to Man U that he freaking spit. I don't, I don't know if I at the other car. Like angry. that's the level where you take it to. Like before the game, would you be like, all right, if Liverpool lost, would you spit on like as like fourteen year old child? And like, no, no, I would never, <laughs> would never do such a thing. And then like in the heat of the moment, you just get to that. And you're like, I don't give a shit. Whoever comes my way, like that's literally what just shows character and his like fandom. And you look at it, and you're like, you're fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, you you know, you think he'd be like, all right, you know, he should know better, being who he is. But that's just when you know you've seen it with him as a player before too. It's just where he just he lost it, just absolutely lost it. And and as as sort of you know funny as it was because nobody seriously got injured you just that's not an appropriate yeah, thing to no, do it's obviously. and it's the heat of the moment and we get it but well yeah it's funny. disrespectful too you just you can't do something like that but you know because nobody got seriously injured it's kind of funny it is kind of funny i mean I, I i had a chuckle no no so i'm going to play off that nobody got injured part of it uh so i love jimmy pierce james pierce liverpool's unofficial pr agency he was there for Flano when Flano dropkicked his girlfriend and stood up for his character. And this is his headline today. Jamie Carragher is a good man who made a bad mistake. <laughs> his heartfelt apology today should be the end of it. Hashtag LFC. Well, I agree with that. It should be the end of it. He's gone on air. He has apologized. And we, sh- you know, it should, that, 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 that should be it. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm, I'm keen to see what Sky Sports do, though. I, I, I hope he's not. I think Gary Neville's going to have a lot of pull here, though. Too, I oh. think that they, I, you know, I, I, to be honest, I, I think that because they know that Carragher and Neville, and, and it sounds, it, you, you hate to see this in some senses. All right, let's just take like the the, the actual incident out of it. Mm. No matter who you are in whatever profession, if you are very good at what you do, he'll be back. He's not going to lose his job for this. It's sad to see. It's sad to say. Like you don't want to admit that because what he did was wrong, and in a lot of other yeah. positions, you would get fired for that. But that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, it's just an ugly situation. It's a blemish 
any parent that watches that, I mean, you're always looking at it through the lens of what if my kid were watching and what would I want to say to him or her? If that exactly. And the, care, the care interview too, when, you know, he talked about letting his, his uh, kids down too. I mean, yeah, you know, once he reflects on it again, it was just, it was, it was a terrible, terrible decision. It was uncalled for. It was just genuinely like a heat of the moment, mm. Liverpool fan thing. And it was it's just, it happened. Yep. So with that, that ends the news for the week. <laughs> and I think I it, sets, life, it sets the, the mood perfectly for the match we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely does. And let's just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, it's going to be a tough fight, gents, uh, you know, for this top four spot, especially with this loss. It, it just was a big blow. It leaves a bitter taste in your mouth, obviously, losing to, to Manchester United. But more so, I think, it, it was the three points that we really, really could have used uh, Chelsea has helped us out in, in, in you know recent games, but really, Anthony, just overall, your, your thoughts on the game and kind of where it leaves us in perspective of the top four race. See, when it comes to the top four, I'm I'm genuinely not too worried. I I, I think by by the end of the season, we we will be there. Um, I'm I'm not too worried about that. I am worried about finishing below United. I'm not worried. I'm just upset that that's probably what's going to happen. Um, in terms of top four now, I'm, I'm not too stressed about it. We, the only really tough game we've got left is what uh, Chelsea. Spurs have to play Man City and Chelsea. Um, I, I think the rest of our games are pretty winnable, and I'm looking forward that to that. That Chelsea game could be crucial too. Mm, yeah, you're spot on there. So, um, I, But then again, I'm not too worried. I, I think we'll make top four. Um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the Champions League run. That's all. Yeah, right. That's, that's kind of got everybody buzzing right now is there is this weird – vibe with the club that even after this loss maybe because we did get to the next round of the champions league there's still that kind of positive spark in the air jeff um but even with even with that positive spark i mean this just was a game where nothing was really working for liverpool they it felt as if they were really narrow and just generally as a team didn't necessarily get enough width when they did you know for a, one of the few times they did that that ended up causing the own goal for united um for Bailly, it just it looked clogged. It looked like a typical, uh, you know, Mourinho performance. Um, and and you know, it, it's it's still it just those three points that we could have picked up felt like it would have definitely put us in the driver's seat for a top four position. First of all, it starts with you've got Klopp. You got one of the best managers in the world. He has not been able to figure out United had arguably better sides for the last four of his ties, three draws, one loss. And going in, I think there was a lot more reason to think this could be a different year. We have lots of success with the front three. They were in incredible form. Midfield had solidified, even though we're doing a lot of rotation, especially in Champions League. But yet had Emre. And if you look at the team sheet, you know, at least 10 out of the 11, you'd be like, yep, that's exactly who we think will deliver the result. And, of course, the key in that 11 of 11 was Dejan Lovren. And <laughs> we're going to get into him more. But on one end, Klopp has seen Mourinho's tactics. He's got a history with Mourinho going back further than Liverpool. It's time at Liverpool's time at Dortmund he played him. So it's not like it's an unknown quantity what he was getting into this tie. Attack was blunted. They threw two guys on Salad at all times, which forced him to put in his worst shift in a Liverpool shirt. That's how ineffective he was with two guys on him all the time. 
Mane wasn't able to, he had some great chances, but wasn't ultimately, and you could talk about the Valencia thuds up towards the end of the game, but what happened for the previous 80 minutes and why wasn't he as effective? It's just the front three weren't clicking. It's clear the midfield, you know, Emery had his bursts of energy in the game, but Ox picked a hell of a a hell of a game to not show. And then, of course, you got the back line. You've got Robertson putting in a great shift as always. But, you know, Dejan Lovren, he's always the weakest link. And no doubt, two errors that lead to the two goals that they were good for in the match, the entire match. And it just you, you bang your head against a window wondering when it will become obvious to Klopp. I mean, Klopp is world-class, smart, the smartest. Oftentimes we say that to ourselves and he still rates him. He's like, we've talked before in the pod about his development bias. I think it's run amok in this case. Like I've got Dejan Lovren, physical specimen. He may be good in practice. You got leadership of Van Dyke, as we've been saying, we've been giving him right praise in recent weeks, but it's still Lovren. <laughs> He's still got a mistake in him. And in this case, he had two in the most important match of the Premier League fixtures anyway. But holy hell. <laughs> like, you know, Van Dyke can only do so much. Alexander Arnold, you know, had, had a tough game. You know, it was all a function of Lovren being out of position, Lovren challenging for the header. You just wonder when it's gonna stop. Yeah, and to your point a little bit, you know, we all love Klopp, but he is a bit stubborn. He you know, does stick to his ways even against United. You could argue, yes, Lukaku would just keep shifting sides towards Lovren, but you know, Klopp was kind of okay with that. He doesn't. He, he kind of just goes, all right, this is the way that we play. This is the way that we're going to do things, and that's how we're going to do it. We're not going to – yes, we will adjust sometimes to our opponent, but I don't think he does it enough. I don't think he – changes his tactics enough per game depending on the opponent. I mean, and, you know, we'll get on Lover and, you know, I guess while we're already on the topic, it's just kind of, I mean, again, I, I got to find some stats. If anybody's out there, give me stats on the day, the game after Lovren has an interview. I need the stats on his games because he can't have more than one decent game after an inter- interview. I feel like every time we've mentioned this before, every time he comes out and says like, I'm in a good run of form or the manager trusts me or yada, 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 whatever the fuck he says, he goes off and has an abysmal <laughs> game. And this is just, it's, it's repetitive. You know, he, it, he'll have, like we've mentioned, and even we had said on two pods ago, you know, he has, he's a great game. He gets on these runs. I even said it last spot. He'll probably go on a run of three or four games where he'll look really good and then he'll have multiple errors or an error leading to a goal. And that's just who he is. And like you were just talking about Klopp and how he doesn't see it. He just, he, he just sticks to what he does. I mean, I think it's evident everybody would have, I mean, a lot of Liverpool fans would have started Matip over Lover and then I would have as well. Anthony, before we go ahead and continue to assess the rest of the squad, you can you can touch on Lovren, but um, after you do so, I want to get into a little bit of United before we get into Liverpool. But while we're already on the topic of Lovren, you know, because we could keep going on forever about him, just anything you have to say. I mean, I know we briefly spoke about it last pod, but the guy, I mean, 
it's just weird to me going off Jeff's point how Klopp started him in this big of a game. I mean, I don't care if he is oddly enough airily a little bit better than Matip. Matip has a footballing brain when Lovren doesn't. Yeah, well, all I can say is how many chances are you going to get um, to start centre-back for a club like Liverpool? How many chances uh, is Klopp going to give you? How many times are you going to fuck up before you realise maybe you shouldn't start? Um, but then again, it's up to the manager and um, it clearly hasn't turned out the way he wanted it to. So hopefully he learns now and hopefully Matip uh, starts a few more games. Otherwise, um, we might have to worry about... Um, our centre-back partnership for the remainder of the season, which is which is great. Just I'd play Big Joe Gomez back there my, myself. I mean, I know it's... it's no, oh, I fucking with, play with, anyone. Yeah. With with each game as, you know, as they come down to the end of the year with what, you know, I think it's what, nine left in the Premier League, something like that, eight left. It's, eight. it's you know, it's... You don't want to be trying new things out necessarily with your squad, but I definitely would not be opposed to in maybe against even even Watford, even this this game at home, you, you know, you'd figure he'd probably play Motsit because of you know the fact that he just did not play in this United game. But mm. I would definitely not mind seeing Big Joe Gomez back there and, and giving a shot next to uh, Van Dyke. But Anthony, right back to you, real quick mm-hmm. before we get into to some more Liverpool talk. You know, let's just go over a couple of things that United did in that game. I thought, uh, as much as it pains me to say it, Ashley Young had a very good game at left back, and it just seems like he continues to have, you know, he's not a left back, but he plays well against Liverpool for whatever reason. He just generally does, whether it's on the wing or as a left back. He he had a very solid game against Salah. Um, You know, again, that could be how Klopp kind of set up, and it was a little bit more narrow, but I did think that Ashley Young had a particularly good game. Uh, I, you know, I thought Lukaku had a pretty good game up top. He clearly outdueled Lovren on many occasions. Mm. Um, and both goals resulted from him knocking it down uh, and then winning the final ball. And yeah, I mean, you got to give Rashford some credit on that first goal. The headed, header down into his path, the the balance he had to kind of get that, um, you know, that that touch on, uh, you know, around the leg, um, the the behind the behind the leg touch and 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 finish it very nicely past Carius. Um, as you know, Rush hadn't played in a long time, and mm. he comes into a big game like this and performs. You know, anything you want to mention about the United side, whether it was individual players or just the general play that they had. Um, you know, it it was those two long balls, very Mourinho like to cause those two goals. Well, yeah, you've given me a fair bit to touch up on here. Um, <laughs> but uh, with, with with Ashley Young, um. I mean, uh, Mo Salah he must have just set up camp there in his in Young's back pocket because uh, he looked pretty comfortable just just chilling out while Ashley Young did all the hard work. Um, so good on Young. I mean, every time he comes up on the screen, it's just so easy to say you fucking hate him. Um, but he put in a good performance, and you, you can't say anything less. So uh, that's you know, well, what can you do um, with Mourinho's tactics? So uh, everyone everyone loves just you know talking shit, parking the bus, all of this nonsense. I don't give a shit. If Jurgen Klopp parked the bus and we managed to win and pick up three points, hey, sick, park the bus. I don't care. Get the win. Get the three points. Everyone criticizes Mourinho because it's boring football and whatever. Hey, look at his fucking trophy cabinet. Who gives a shit if it's boring football? You win games. You win trophies. That's what it's about. Same with the players. You know, Mo Salah, I love that he... Um, I love that he's a player that that's honourable, that doesn't dive, but fuck the amount of penalties that we could have gotten 
from Salah yeah, actually, in the especially box. Especially the actually young incident too. He could have just he went, he could have went to ground exactly, and like, and it's great that he doesn't. And I get that, but look at our past plays. Luis Suarez dived all the time, and look at how many goals he fucking got for us. Steven Gerrard dived in the Champions League final, and we went back to win the fucking cup. That's the shit that you know players need to do. You got to pick your moments, and you got to pick when to do them. And I'm not saying you got to cheat, but I'm just saying. There's, it's a skill to be able to dive and to be able to, to get awarded a penalty. And it's something that our players kind of need to do. You know what I mean? If, if we're going to pick up um, the, the, the much needed points against uh, teams like Manchester United. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeff, it's not just that, which, which Anthony did make a good point on. It is a skill that you have to have and pick and choose your moments. It's also picking and choosing moments in the game you know, when to kind of shut up shop and when to, we obviously didn't have the chance to do that this game, but just looking at their tactics in general, um, when to not necessarily play dirty, but just kind of play sort of annoying and, and, and get into the other team's head. It doesn't seem like Liverpool do that enough to other sides. They, there, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of skilled players on their team. It's a very attacking style. It's a very attractive style of football to watch. That's why a lot of neutral fans like watching Liverpool, but they don't have much nastiness in them. It's not very, you know, they, they won't go and kind of grind out results. You know, yes, we have had a couple of two nil victories, but the last time we had that, the previous one from Southampton was a year before that, you know, you, you don't, we don't tend to get clean sheets because we don't seem to do the little things better. Well, I think it's limited to this series. Like, we got to be clear. I mean, we you could you could make just as easily an argument that we often have City's number, and we do. Year in and year out, a record last year versus the top six was in, unimpeachable for the most part. It's the dross that we struggled with last year and struggled in certain cases this year. So, our, our problem, I think, really, and it is magnified in a game like this. It's versus United. Three and five, three draws, five losses in the last eight, dating back to 14. I got to keep harping on that. I mean, if you're wondering why it sucks to be a Liverpool fan in these ties, that's the reason. We're, we're unrequited. <laughs> well, we've lost to United 68 times now, and that's the most defeats to a single team in our history. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So, yeah, it just when I thought my depression was going to see a peak of light at the end of it. Then again, both those shut teams that down, have been in the down. top flight for a long time. I don't think Liverpool have been out of the top flight since like 62 or 64 or something like that. So, um, you know, yeah, there is going to be the chance to play them a lot. But yeah, yeah again, it, those are the ones that hurt the most. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just... Ugh, it's it's Jeff. I mean, I I know it was against United, and I know we did have a great record against the top six, bef- you know, last year. That you knew that we weren't going to do anything like that this season. Um, you know, we've only picked up what is it one point against both Man United and Tottenham this season, and is it also the same thing against Chelsea? I think. Am I mistaken? Um, we we haven't done as well against the top six sides that's this fair. season. We, we, we just haven't. And and to your point, we have done a lot better against the draws and that's what we've needed to improve on because, you know, you, you knew going into the season, like there's just no way we we're going to have that same record uh, against the top six as we did last year. Yeah. Um, but to just what I was saying before, there are certain things we're missing in this squad. We aren't the finished article. Um, you know, we haven't spent, we have spent a lot of money, but in comparison to other clubs, I think Klopp is still the second lowest in net spend out of any Premier League club since he's been a manager. So in the, in the Premier League, so um, 
you know, we still are far away from being the finished article. And, and something we did miss was was definitely a little moment of magic. Was 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 Phil, so, you know, yeah. uh, something where we could just, you know, nothing was really going our way, and then all of a sudden, whack, you know, one just ends up from twenty five <laughs> thirty out in the back of the net, and we we don't have anyone on our team that's willing to do that, especially from midfield. Um, you know, Emre maybe, but we no. just we weren't getting these chances this this game. And so let's go ahead now, and you know, enough about talking about United. Let's go ahead and get into Liverpool a little bit, Jeff. Yep. Um, you know, Carius didn't have much to do. I don't think there's too much we can talk to him about. He did make a nice tackle at the halfway line. Yeah, that was good to line. see. Um, you know, it, it, we team do like seeing a sweeper keeper when it works. You know, there there's moments where you see sweeper keepers and they take those risks and it backfires big time. But there's really not too much to discuss in terms of Carius. He couldn't really do too much on those those two goals. Um, that Rashford shot was just was just a great shot and. He, he was actually in great position for that second Rashford shot. It was deflected, and it was just, you know, it was a slight def- deflection, but it threw it off enough to where he couldn't save it. And he threw up his left hand and actually almost got that ball after it was deflected. So his reactions are, are, are pretty great, and I think he would have saved that if it hadn't have been deflected. Um, but anyways, moving on, Jeff, anyone in the, d- the defense that you wanted to point out uh, in this particular game? Yeah, I'll just r- roll through. I mean, Karius took responsibility for the loss. That's something you expect from your first choice keeper. Uh, but n- neither of those two goals were his responsibility. He gave, to your point, a great attempt, but he was hung out dry by first Lovren, second Alexander-Arnold in almost the exact same motion, two different plays. So, uh, yeah, Karius, fine for the match. Um, none of it was his responsibility, but he's taking it publicly in the press. Good for him. And Van Dyke, I thought in had a, you know he had a decent day, but on a, with a team like United, the quality they got going forward, Lukaku may have been in Lovren's pocket while at Everton, but he ha- certainly hasn't been in in a United shirt and. He's got so much more quality around him. You got to show up better. You, like I, I think we missed an opportunity to have Van Dyke take on Lukaku. Uh, he's the best we have in the air. Actually wins the most aerial duels by an order of magnitude. And lo and behold, just like Spurs away at Wembley earlier this year, so went away at Old Trafford for Lovren. Well, that's the, that's the thing, though. The game plan was for Van Dyke to go to Lukaku. But, of course, Lukaku drifts and, and drifted to Lovren. And Why was, wouldn't you want to? Ex- right? Exactly. Like, 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 that's what you do as a forward. Obviously, you're going to have Van Dyke on Lukaku. And, but, shit, I mean, like, what can you do? If, like, you know, it's not like Lukaku's going to be like, well, if, you're, uh, if you've been told to mark me, I, I guess I'm going to stay here with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, right. it, it, goes, <laughs> it goes to the ego that drives brainless Lovren. Mm. You know, the interviews... And it's not him talk. You know, it's not him choosing to do an interview. Mm. It's the LFC social media staff saying, "You know what? I'm going to get a good quote for this." And not only did they play it once, they must have played it like all week, every day, at least once. You know, Lovren's not afraid of anybody. <laughs> Lovren's not afraid of Man United. Like, come on. Uh, so it's this ego that feeds that monkey brain of his that says, you know, "This nickel that said he." He's just absent of football brain. You could just remove football. <laughs> My man, Dave Hendrick, like just remove the word football. You know, that's, that's mm. the appropriate assessment. But yeah, I mean, not once, but twice burned on the same exact play. 
Same exact matchup with Lukaku. It's inexcusable. So there's Lovren. Uh, in terms of the the backs, the fullbacks, Arnold had a tough day. There's no question about that. He, you know, it was a tough one for him. See, it's hard because you don't want to go hard at him, do you? But you should. If it was anyone else, it was a fucking shocking well, performance. And you can't. And hey, you know, I'm his number one supporter. I love Trent. He's he's my boy. But you, you can't just be like, you know, you know, it's a tough day at the office for poor, <laughs> for poor young Trent. No, it was fucking abysmal. That that's what it was. Well, it's an experience thing with him. He's yeah, 19, it is. He's, he's, he's 19. Mm. Uh, with Lovren, it's a brain thing. Yeah. Very different. And there's no getting around. Lovren left him high and dry, not once but twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people are used to it, and some people aren't. And Arnold certainly wasn't in this. Well, um, he got washed up by you know what by Rashford, and how old Rashford? You know what I mean? Like that these two players were coming at one on one for that first goal, and oh, um, as much as I hated watching it, Rashford just did him so well with oh, that cut back in. He did just absolutely rinsed him. See you later, he said. Yeah, yeah, but- and to go to go off your point right there, I mean, listen, he, Jeff. It's true. Lovren had another abysmal game. He left Trent high and dry. I mean, it was. It's it's almost like, yes, obviously you want to challenge headers, but it's almost like Lukaku's so good at it, and if Lovren's going to be on him, why even have Lovren go up as he always does, leave his sp- his space behind him, go and challenge, mm-hmm. make a challenge, try and make a header when he almost, you know, a lot of the time does not win those challenges, and especially against someone like Lukaku. Yeah. What are you actually expecting Lorwin to win a majority of those challenges? Mm-hmm. And yes, sometimes it's good enough to go up against him, but when you have someone who's that good, maybe just hang on your line, bud. Like, let him get the header, because it's pretty much a free header even when you get to go challenge him anyways. And Lorwin's been known to do that, known to leave his space. I mean, there's even... I don't even know on Twitter who it is, but I've seen like three separate accounts literally just have Lovren threads of times that he has cost Liverpool points essentially and made mistakes. And a lot of those videos and times that are explained on there are him leaving his space in in behind, leaving the, the, the rest of the defense, you know, completely open and susceptible. And that's what he did to Trent. But also to, to, to Kanga's point, (laughs) it's like, he, you got to do better, Trent. Yeah, I know you might not be a right back. I know that you're young and you're learning. And Jeff, yes, these are learning experiences for him. Whereas Lovren, now they're not learning experiences. He's 26. You're not going to learn much more. You still got to do better on on a couple of those instances. Mm-hmm. And I and I thought Trent just he grew into the game a little bit. Um, you know, started playing decent right before the half and kind of had a, a much better second half. But I mean, he was very, very poor in a, in a big game like this and he got toasted by a, uh, before and, and then again by Rashford and we love him. He's a local lad. And so you try and support him as you know, subconsciously maybe a little bit more than others, but it just was a pretty poor day at the office for him. Yeah. I thought that's what it was. Yeah. And just finishing up the fullbacks, I, I thought Robertson had, a decent enough day. Uh, no mistakes on the back end necessarily to, to worry about with him. Mm. And had some decent crosses in, uh, I think. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the defense, it, it was it was Lovren and, and Arnold. They just torched us down that down that flank. Yeah, I thought, uh, quick mention to VVD, I, I didn't think he had the best game either. I thought he could have, he, he didn't have a poor game. I thought he could have done much better. He had essentially a free header that ended up going off his shoulder. Yeah. You got to put that in the back of the net guy. I yep. mean, price tag aside like 
you're you're the guy. You you are known for your aerial presence. You got a free header in a big game. You got to put that in the back of the net. Um, that was that was pretty poor. So, uh, Robertson had a decent game. Nothing really to complain about. That one header actually that or the uh, cross that he had, it would have gone straight to Mane, um, if it wasn't for the Valencia handball, uh, inside the box, which was not called. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we move on to the midfield, let's just go ahead and and touch on those referee decisions right now, Anthony. Um. Let's just let's throw a couple out there. Let's let's say the Valencia handball, which was a clear handball. Uh, I would say the the Fellaini challenge on Mane was, in my opinion, a clear red. Made contact. I mean, I, I don't know how that's not called. Anything you want to talk about the referee's decisions? By the way, he is from Manchester, England. Just throwing that out there before you know. I mean, it's it's a bit ridiculous. I don't I don't know how you could have anyone in any game especially one as big as this, to, to have been from where one of the teams plays. It's just a bit ridiculous. No, I'll always be the first to to say, you know, fuck the referee. You know, referee this, referee that, and that's that, that's all well and dandy, but you, you can't rely on refereeing decisions to put the ball in the back of the net. You know what I mean? You, you can't... Every decision that's made is, is made, and that's it. You, you move on. Um, yeah, there were calls that should have gone our way that didn't, um, but we had two shots on target the whole game. Exactly. That, that that has nothing to do with the referee. So um, exactly. that's, that's all I have to say yeah. about it. Yeah, that's what I threw up on. You know, I threw up on Twitter after the game, like right after it is. Jeff, you, you there's there's two sides to this. I, I I understand the side of people being very upset with the referee and and um you know, but right after I said, just to your point, Kanga, is that you can't blame blame the referee, especially in a game like this where Liverpool just did did not necessarily deserve really anything out of it maybe maybe a draw maybe but definitely not a win because like you said they had two shots on target they didn't really create much so when maybe that's what made it less i guess sort of salty i mean yes it's a loss against united and and it's a bitter taste but like i feel like i should i'm upset i feel like i should be a little bit more upset maybe it's just because the game was super dull to begin with it wasn't one of those games where it was a typical liverpool game you know where they're attacking and maybe they just don't convert all their chances that they should have they didn't have the chances to begin with but you know, Jeff, then you have the other side where the referee could have had a big effect on the game. It's and, true. In, Liverpool, in Liverpool's way. I mean, he obviously had an effect on the game by not making calls, but he could have by making those calls. Yeah, I mean, but you're away at Old Trafford. Right. You know, it, there's no assumption that calls are going to go your way. Uh, Liverpool's luck, they don't even get the calls at home, but especially away, no way. <laughs> yeah, it's one hostile crowd, that Old Trafford crowd. Yep. So yeah, in any you, sport, in any sport, just like you said, Jeff, in any sport, wherever you go, yeah. away, I mean, like the home team's always going to get the majority of the calls. At least that's the assumption. So yeah, to Anthony's point, two shots on goal the entire game, like that ain't going to get it done, not with this attack, and, and it's emblematic of where we've seen Liverpool fall. I mean, it's been a good season. We've haven't lost that many. This is the fourth all season, right? So like when the attack works, it works famously. Five goals, four goals, three goals, no problem. When it breaks down, when we run into a cement block like uh, Marino seems to have figured out with us, and it knows how to blunt our attack with throwing six or more behind the ball at every time. Like we stop, wheels fall off, Lover makes a mistake. Before you know it, it's one nil, two nil. So it, it's really a function of the offense, the the way Klopp loves to go forward. It's so dependent on, you know, when the team gets us on the counter, those two in the back. And unfortunately, we still, I mean, we, we 
improved one position, one of those two, but we're still playing with half a center back pair. And I don't think we'll ever get it done against top sides that way. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's definitely a, a problem that needs to be solved. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the midfield. Gents, you have anything to say about the midfield? You know, I wasn't necessarily upset with, with the, the lineup when it came out just because Milner's had, you know, some a good run of games here, and he does provide cover on the left-hand side um, for Robertson pretty well. Uh, but if it was me, uh, there's I just I don't like it when Genie's not on the side right now. I, I don't know why. There's just some sort of security blanket that I feel like he provides for us, even though it may not show up on the stat sheet. Maybe just his presence on the pitch, whether it's uh, his defensive work, which he's been not known for in previous years, but he has been under Klopp um, with how deep he's been sitting. Um, anything you have to say about the midfield? I, I just, I, I felt like Genie should have played. Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, um, but I just whether it was for Milner, you know, who knows? I, I was, to be honest, I wasn't upset with it. Like I did like the lineup going in with Ox in there, being able to to provide that pace in midfield, and obviously Emery sitting. So, um, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to seriously complain when that's what you wanted to see. I suppose. Well, very, very uninspiring midfield performance. Um, you look at who they were competing with. What, Chelsea reject, reject Nemanja Vidic and what, McTominay. Who? Sorry? Can, what? Right. I don't know. Do you know? No, you don't know. We don't fucking know. And what, they, they can't compete. Uh, the only person, you know, I'll be honest with you, I totally forget that when Yaldon plays for us every now and then just because I don't see enough of him. Um, but from yeah, ooh. Brundish calling him ghost. He's, he just you don't really <laughs> notice he's there a lot of the time. But what I thought we, we needed was was a Henderson going, you know, a box to box to generate some sort of spark, so, something. You know what I mean? But the, yeah, but Ox Oxide Chamberlain, I mean, he copped an absolute spray from Jurgen Klopp. Um, what just just past the half hour mark for not slotting Sadio Mane through, and took him off what fifteen minutes in the second half. Um, just poor, just poor midfield performance. Tough day, tough day for Ox to turn in like that. But yeah, but you look at who they're up against. I get it. How? I, get I, it. I really don't get it. Yeah, Milner is no creative spark going forward. He's he's the the tidy up, shut. He's just shut, shut up shop kind of guy. Mm, mm. And Emery playing in the deep holding role. Where are you going to get creativity from? It was supposed to be from Ox. He didn't bring it. And then you bring Lalana on, and it reminds you just how bloody awful he is. <laughs> like. What well, the, he's just getting back from injury. Just yeah, getting I, back. Leave him alone. <laughs> he had he had what like a half a year of phenomenal <laughs> mm. to punctuate yeah. you know all the rest of the you know mediocre, and that was yet yet another case in this game. Like not enough. Yeah, yeah, and you know even Emery, Emery, Emery probably could have tracked back when Mata found himself in all that space. I mean, I know that's an incident within itself, and. You could blame Lovren for looking back and not tracking him. You could say Van Dyke should have been in a better position, or you could have said Emre went with him. So there's no real need to sort of argue about that. That was just a shit play defensively as a whole team. No. Um, Emre probably could have tracked back for that. You know, even have the the best game. You know, Kanga, you said it was uninspiring, and I and I agree Very. with you. And that just makes me so excited to. Uh, little tease into the uh, seat index rating, which we're about to get into, but we have a certain somebody coming to Liverpool next season who is pretty fucking obvious at this point, but um, really excited to see him in the midfield mm-hmm. and, and maybe 
provide that spark that we need. Um, you know, we, we clearly need it back there. You, uh, before we move on to the forwards and the attack, just like, you know, again, to go off your point where it's uninspiring. I mean, it just seems like we've talked about a midfield three and we're kind of picking and choosing from maybe five, six players. And you could sort of argue for each one of those players. And the fact that we don't have at least one of those five or six players who's like, all right, guaranteed starting mm, every yeah. time. You know, so, some people's opinions it, that might be Emre for for me and for some other people's like, all right, he needs to be starting every game. Some people prefer Hendo. The fact that we don't have, you know, at least one player out of those three who, you know, is just the majority rules like, all right, you need to be playing every game. I think that says something about our midfield and, and we need to add, you know, that that type of presence in there, some world class presence because we don't have it, you know. That's right. Um, we we function well as a team sometimes, but sometimes we need that that extra bit of talent to to pull through. And and that was Phil, and now he's gone. So we'll go ahead and and, and move to the attack, Jeff. Uh, it just it wasn't a good day really for anyone. I thought Bobby actually had a pretty decent game, even in his poor games. He tends to just show his class and his hold up play and you know, his effort is always going to be there in the tackles that he was making um, and his tracking back. But really, it was just a, it was a pretty dull performance overall from the front three. It seemed pretty narrow to me. It seems like they should add more space. Yeah, I mean, Matic won the midfield on that side, and we couldn't get balls into, you know, it's where we struggled the entire match, passing in the final third. And if you can't serve that front attack, and if they don't have enough operate uh, op- enough space in which to operate, they don't score. And mm. you you put two men on Salah the entire match. I mean, Mourinho bet well. He he bet you take Salah out of the game and the the attack grinds to a halt. And so it did. Mm-hmm. You, if you take him out, you take the midfield out. You're done. And that's exactly how it played out. Uh, Mane can't carry the team on his own. That's obvious. He needs to get better service in. Uh, Milner's been decent through Champions League and some of the recent Premier League ties, but you know there just wasn't enough creativity, Joey, to your point about what's lacking in the midfield. I mean, this is the game where we miss an attacker and a magician like like Coutinho, the Brazilian that can't be named. Like that's why not replacing him in the winter window, and I understand why Klopp had to punt, but that's all the reason why our shopping list needs to be another six. Another attacking midfielder of quality, Thomas Lamar, you name it. Um, and if he's smart, he finds some capable center forward to back up Firmino because he's not going to stay healthy and perfect forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, Anthony, it was, it was, it was pretty dull. It uh, just just didn't have that that last little bit in the final third to, to really yeah. create really really anything i mean just like you said two shots on goal one was a pretty weak effort from firmino just trying to get it on goal see what yeah. happened but there was no real spark and and matic to just point he, he plays better when he doesn't have space behind him because mm. he's a pretty slow player um they, they did sit back a little bit uh, and then use the long ball to their advantage so uh, it was tough to to break him down it really was and um uh, i was thoroughly disappointed with with sadio mane's performance uh I mean, did you, how how many how many wayward passes did he do? Just ridiculous, and yeah. and, and I mean, his runs were somewhat dangerous, but kind of like an unpaid hooker. 
it's great to look at until you actually want to score. Um, so very, very disappointed there. Um, in fact, yeah, like, like you said, the only person that was really trying to spark something was Bobby. Um, it was because he's the only link between the forwards and the midfield at the moment, but the opportunities yeah. were just lackluster. Yeah. That's why he, he it feels like he, Bobby has to drop deep and sort of create stuff mm. like we just saying um, you know we, we don't have much in the middle of the park part of me would like to see Klopp go to to sort of the, the diamond that even Rogers ran maybe even put Mane at the tip of it um, or even Bobby at the tip of it and then have Mane and Salah running in front of him mm. um, just it just I don't know for whatever reason maybe that wouldn't work this game because we were already pretty narrow like I was saying you know we definitely needed more space. Um, it, it was a frustrating one to watch. That, that that's for sure. I mean, we had a good amount of the ball, um, but just couldn't just couldn't create really anything with it. Um, so that that kind of leads us into our seat index ratings, um, gentlemen. Jeffrey, what do you got for me? We'll go ahead and start with your positive seat index rating. Something that got you out of your seat. <laughs> uh, it doesn't have to be Liverpool related. It can be anything. This just this past week. Anything. Yeah. How long is this yeah. list going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't have. A positive i'll be honest uh, i mean i could look at the possession i could look at you know the passing you know there's some good stats in there the number of corners we had 13 to their one like whoa <laughs> yeah, pretty brilliant cool. yeah, how, by the cool way, is that? how do we not capitalize on that i know i know vbd had a, a glaring miss but i don't know if, uh, if it's if i'm crazy or you guys notice this too i feel like we get so many chances from corners and never convert. Mm-hmm. Just never convert on corners. It's frustrating. But we get on the end of them. Like Van Dyke gets on the, hen- the, the <laughs> yeah. end of those headers, but he, fucking nothing happens. So, yeah. Well, well, it's an improvement over, say, Mati, who doesn't get his head on anything. So <laughs> <laughs> We're moving in the right direction, even though it doesn't feel like it. Um, so, yeah, no positive because there's no positive in this match. Like, not figuring out Mourinho you know, f- four matches in for Klopp, it's, there's just no excuse for it. Mm. Um, so my negative is, you know, completely Jurgen Klopp and his, his setup in the back line, like the defense plus manager. Manager should have figured out United, should have had a better game plan going in, could have gotten his boys up. I mean, he has shown such a consistent ability to do this in Champions League. Like, doesn't matter who they're playing, playing away, going into a cup final. He can get the get the boys up for a proper match in Champions League. He just, for whatever reason, can't do it versus United. Uh, and it was away, fine. They're you know had their their backs against the wall. It was us versus the world. But you should have shown better. Mm. The boys should have shown up for this. And mm-hmm. you know it would be nice to have Winaldum in there. I'm not the manager. I don't make the team sheet. But that eleven that he had on the pitch should have delivered for them and they didn't. And you know, a lot of it owes to Dejan Lovren shouldn't be in a Liverpool shirt flat out. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Anthony, what do you got brother? Um, I guess the only thing I can say, um, that I was, that I, that I even smiled at, um, was Andy Robbo. Um, okay. in, in what was a very, very poor performance, um, it's good to see him still doing his thing. He's still reliable. He's still making good runs going forward. Um, that's really it. Everything else really just a pile of shit, isn't it? Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for for my negative, well, I mean, I, we've got so much to choose from. Um, but I, I, I think you're right, Jeff. Just um, uh, the the manager Jurgen Klopp just got outwit, outwitted, out outsmarted, out out out, out, out managed. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's, you know, again, just like he wants to do it his way and not adjust too much, and it, and it showed. Um, yeah, absolutely, gents. Could definitely agree with you guys on, on yours. My, my negative would be um, it, it's more sad, I guess, than like anger, but there are, there is a little bit of both, is that Lalana is just us- looking useless, just completely oh, yeah. useless. Very sad. Yeah. Um, he came on the pitch, and he looked like his old self to where – He's trying to go back to what he knows, which is just keeping the ball for a long amount of time, um, doing his little Cruyff turns, just going back to kind of like flashy play. And, and when he was really good for Liverpool and getting his groove under Klopp, was like, all right, pick the ball up, get rid of it, you know, recycle a little bit, um, you know, do a little, have a little bit of your influence on the game and your personality on the game, but but not like a crazy amount to where you're like holding up play and slowing things down in, in the system that he likes to run. And just whenever he got the ball, he just looked like crap. I mean, he just he, – he did not look very, very good at all. Um, so that that definitely was a, a frustrating part um, to, to see him come on, get another chunk of minutes and, and not look very good. And yeah, it, it's frustrating and angry, but it's also sad just to see you know him coming off another injury. He's usually always injured and just, just not able to get in that groove like he was. Um, so that was my negative. My positive is uh, I think it's something like 85 days until Naby Keita is a Liverpool player. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who's counting? But it's it's something along those lines. And like we were just talking before, you know, the spark that we need in the midfield, he, he just showed it um, for for Leipzig. Um, I think it was in the Champions Champions League game or no, uh, the Europa League game. Sorry, uh, this past week. They, I mean, he he's he's just looking amazing right now and um he's he's the player that we clearly need that i wish we would have spent the extra little bit of cheddar to to go out and get you know spend that extra 10 15 million to to go bring him in this past summer especially because we didn't bring anyone else in so um really looking forward to having that guy in in our squad and in our starting 11 because he's gonna slot right in there perfectly well you Um, did did you hear what what henderson said about the transfer recently he was no i did uh this this is a quote um uh, for me, it doesn't matter who comes in. I'll always back myself to challenging, and I'll do that for a long time. <laughs> of course yeah, not. what else is he going to say, right? What, what else is he uh, going to say? Oh, uh, calm the Oddly fuck enough, down. I don't think he's going to be sold this summer. I, I really don't. I think he's uh, – unless he wants uh, – it's going to be – I think it's going to be his choice whether or not he wants to be sold this summer, and I think he's going to want to try and stick it out and try and prove himself. Mm. Um, but but I, I don't think Klopp is going to get rid of him. Uh, I just don't. So – We'll see, but yeah, again, Nabi, um, Nabi coming in is, is going to be huge for us. So, gents, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and, and, and talk about Watford a little bit because that is the next match coming up at Anfield this Saturday. Uh, Watford are, are looking pretty solid actually this season. Again, I believe they're sitting like something, I think tenth in the table around there. Um, Ducore has seven goals this season. Um, Andrade has what? I think it's five goals and four assists this season. He's pretty good. Dini's had a pretty solid season. I think he's got five as well. Um, you know, they're a threat. They, they are definitely a threat. Nah, they're uh, not. <laughs> listen. Nah, they're not. They lost 3-0 <laughs> yesterday to Arsenal, who have fucking haven't won a game in how long? I'm not worried about Watford at all, and neither should you. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to winning ways this weekend. We're at home. We'll be fine. 
Well, let's worry about the Champions League. If we League. draw against Watford, everybody knows that that is now Kanga's fault. Uh, yeah, I'll, so. I'll, I'll slip my wrist if we don't win against Watford. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you hope this isn't a slip-up. You hope it's at home. You know it's at home, and you hope that you can just go in and, and mm. you know take care of a Watford side that you know you're better than. But, again, they do sit 10th in the table for a reason. Yeah, um, that's right. They, they, can, they, they can play an attacking style, um, which, which may suit Liverpool. But um, it's at home, and you just you expect them to do the business. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, who would you like to see come into the starting lineup? Any anyone different than this past game against United? Well, we're at home, so it's a good shout to get Genie off the bench and see right. if he might be able to find the back of the net. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, there really isn't a lot of alternative, right? I mean, to our lineup, Klopp got it mostly right. I, I obviously. My tone in the pod, you, you would want to see Matip at some point pair with Van Dyke. Although Lovren has looked better than the two in uh, in that setup, and at this point, I just don't know how you march Lovren out for yet another after this disaster. So I would look to see Matip at least get a nod for the first half. Let's see if he can handle it. Um, he's more sure on the ball. He's Less likely to make that glaring error leading goal. So love to see him in in the 11. Uh, everything else about the same. Maybe uh, Ox is out for Wijnaldum, but expect to see. I mean, so it's the weekend. So we'll have some rest. So you'll probably see him in that holding role. Maybe next to, next to Jean. And of course, you're going to see our front three. Because we need to win and they need to play and... I don't think it's going to be that that much that much different in the forward part of the. Yeah, part. they need to get a little bit of mojo back, don't they? Uh, Anthony, anyone else you see coming into the the team? Anyone you want to see coming in? Um, I mean, it's fucking even. Wijnaldum played center back against Brighton. Like anyone below Bren, really, you can just throw back there, um, and hopefully they'll do better. So, uh, is there anyone else? You know, besides, I think it, the the clear choice would be Montep at center back with Van Dijk. Is uh, maybe Albi getting the game at left back? Anybody else you'd like to see play? Dominic Solanke. <laughs> Solanke, lad. Well, okay, maybe not to start. I just want to see Dominic Solanke hit the back of the net so he I can hear goal, the commentator he? go, Solanke. <laughs> oh, he's, I just, I just want to see. He does need it. a goal, though. He needs fairness. a goal, he mate. Have a Premier League goal yet? Yeah. He doesn't have one. Um, and what? He, he's, he's our, he's meant to be our super sub, is he not? Right. Yeah. Preseason <laughs> um, wonder. I'm not too worried about who Klopp picks. Um for our starting lineup, I I I, I want to see. Um, I think you're right. I do want to see uh, Ginny ha- have a bit more time in the midfield. Um, uh, the back line, obviously, we'll love her in. Um, but everywhere else, it's really just pick and choose for Klopp. I I, I really don't mind. I think the front three is cement cemented. Uh, nothing else really matters. It's just that midfield. Yeah. Just switch it up a bit. It's Watford. You know, test out some of the other players. What 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 do you really got to worry about? You know. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And and like you said, Watford just got smashed by Arsenal 3-0. Um, they did beat Chelsea, even though Chelsea had a red card in that game. Um, they've had some erratic results. Like they've lost to West Ham. Um, they beat West Brom, which pretty much everyone's doing this season. They beat Everton, which pretty much everyone's doing this season. Um, they lost to Leicester, you know, but they've beaten teams like Brighton, um, you know, they're just they're they're a weird one it's it's like it's when one of their front players is on and and can score 
Um, you know, they are a threat, but again, like we said, you feel like they should be doing the business at home. So gentlemen, what do you got for your score predictions, Jeff? Um, after that display, uh, we'd be lucky to finish with a three, one result. So I think we come back to our form in the front three our, our attack shows at home and we, we finished the day with three, one. Yeah, let's hope so. I wouldn't, wouldn't hate that scoreline, obviously not, not the three points. What do you got? Anthony um we're at home um everyone's going to be fired up after losing to United I'm gonna go what Arsenal will do this one they did 3-0 didn't they uh we're better than them let's go 4-0 <laughs> <laughs> yeah well fuck my 5-0 score prediction last week against United just went really really well <laughs> so I don't know what the hell um let, here, let's throw a funny one out there. Jeff, I'm going to say a 1-0 win for Liverpool with a Mate Petter as the goal. Oh, <laughs> you, 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 there's some money to be made there. You should put a bet on that. I like Everyone that. Everyone put your bets down right now. <laughs> throw, just th- put 100 bucks down, 100 quid down, whatever you got, wherever you live. Put it <laughs> 100 down. quid. Who are what we? Do they, what do they have in Australia? Is it... Uh, we got we got a uh, dollaroos. <laughs> dollaroos. There you go. Throw some dollaroos down. <laughs> Throw, throw some loonies and tunies if you're in Canada. Friendly neighbors to the north. Whatever you got, throw it down. One no victory. Liverpool, Mata Petter as the goal. And that is that. Gentlemen, appreciate you getting on. Where can we find you? I know, Anthony, you are not on Twitter right now. We're going to create a, a Twitter for you, Kanga, just at Kanga if we can. Um, we need to get that. <laughs> well, no, I'm actually yeah. on Twitter now, mate. I'm on Twitter now. Oh, when did this happen? Uh, w- w- when I actually found out that I made one when I was about 12. Um, and I, I got an email saying, uh, oh, yeah, someone you follow on Twitter just tweeted. And I was like, the fuck? I have Twitter? Cool. Um, yeah, so feel free to follow me at ALJohnston23. He's on now. Lovely. All right. Well, we're getting stuff going here. Jeffrey, where can we find you? Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two D's. And you can find us on at – you can find us at Talk on FP. That's also where you can find the previous podcast as well. Like I mentioned, the – the beginning of the pod with the instant match reaction. So you can listen to both of those. Um, this one, obviously like you just did and go back and get another perspective from some of the other guys on it as well. You can find us, like I just said, again, at talk on FP on Twitter. You can find me at Jay Vishni and hopefully gentlemen, we move on from here. It's, it's uh, you just put this one behind us, go ahead and get three points against Wofford and continue the good run of form we're on. Sounds good to so, me. Let's get it going. Gentlemen, hopefully Sevilla take out United um, tomorrow, I think it is, in the Champions League. No, you know what? I hope United win and we get to beat them in the bloody semifinals and knock them out. Oh, Oh, Jesus. I don't even want to face them. We we faced them one time in Europe, and and I want to leave it at that. (laughs) Um, Anyways, gents, appreciate you getting on. As always, talk on. Talk on, mate. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on.